Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. As always, Kyle, how's it going? What's up, everybody? How we doing? I'm great. I I am great. Uh, it was a very eventful NBA weekend. So there's a lot of games, obviously a lot of very important news that we can probably just get right into. Uh, so how do you feel about everything that's been going on with John Morant? How do I feel about it? Be more specific. Yeah, like what were your thoughts? What were, what were your initial thoughts when you heard, when you saw the news, and then when you were kind of more of the stories and the news things or investigations going on? What are, what have your thoughts been? It's all interesting. This kind of stuff has been going on with Ja for a little bit. These stories, um, like the story that you've heard leaked now, if you want to call it leaked, but it's being more talked about story with a 17 year old that he allegedly allegedly struck in a pickup game and then allegedly threatened with a gun after that was circulating on Twitter a couple yeah. months ago and you're kind of just you're not sure if it's real obviously it resurfaces after first mm. of all let's address what Ja did this weekend which was have a gun flashing it on IG live at a strip club not the brightest of things to do just not bright at all and Look, I think we kind of, I don't remember if we talked about it last time. I think I meant to bring it up, but the Grizzlies have gone from this like young team that everyone loves to this team that everyone hates because, you know, when you got Joss saying shit like, about a little bit. Yeah. When you got Joss saying shit like, oh, we're not afraid of anybody in the West. Like, come on, bro. Humbly, humble yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? You got the Warriors mm-hmm. there. You got yeah. Jokic and the Nuggets there. Like, they could very easily find themselves in a first round exit let alone a, let alone a second round exit right yeah, um they haven't done much i mean they went to the they went to the and they beat the warriors in the play in and then they lost to the jazz i think in 6 5 or 6 the 2 years ago and then last year they won the first round they beat uh, the timberwolves in 6 and then lost to the warriors in 6 obviously jaw went down mm-hmm. leave game 2 or game end of game 2 so, I mean, I, we don't know how that series is going to turn out, but it's not like they've done anything. Right, and I thought some of it was unwarranted because this has been growing from NBA fans throughout the year, right? And, uh, and you know, Ja can get in players' faces, which I don't mind at all. That's pretty normal of any player. Maybe not so much as, much as stars, but, you know, that's where I think Ja reminds me of Allen Iverson. AI wasn't afraid to get in anyone's face and blah, blah, blah. So I personally like it from Ja, right? Then, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then people just start coming with the YSL Morant. Uh, now you see one called Ja Warrant is his new nickname now. Like, that kind of stuff was growing once we started hearing the 17 rule. Like, again, because we heard some of this stuff before uh-huh. this whole. Right. So that whole narrative was growing. Then the Shannon Sharp thing happens. Yeah. Shannon Sharp goes on his show talking about Ja, you ain't thug, this or that, while you're trying to act thug. Mm-hmm. And I thought at the time, I thought yeah. like that was laying on a little strong. Right. Because I thought Ja was any yeah. NBA player acts like that, whether no matter what background they're from. You see players like Jared Dudley back in the day, he would get in people's faces and Jared Dudley ain't hood. You know what I mean? So I thought for him to say that about Ja Morant, it was kind of unwarranted. Then you got this shit where it is like, all right, Ja, what the fuck are mm-hmm. you doing? There's no reason for you to have a gun yeah. out on IG Live on a Friday night after a game at a strip club. You IG line for, 
IG live and from the strip club, that's already questionable. But whatever. You can excuse it. Whatever. He's it's 23. He's young. Like, whatever. We've all been drunk and done stupid shit, right? But then you flash the blicky. Okay, then you deserve the YSL Morant, the Ja Warrant nicknames. Oh, Ja Morant's the first nigga who's trying to get, a, yeah. get out the hood or get out the NBA to the hood. Like, all funny stuff like that. But it's serious now, and we're six weeks from the playoffs. That's not what the Grizzlies need. That's not what Ja Morant needs. It's concerning. And honestly, you know what? I was more concerned about Keenan. We talked about Adam Silver. He gave him a two-game suspension. Uh, if that's David Stern, may he rest in peace again. That's a 10-game suspension. That's a 10-game suspension at least. And taking some time to like, hey, Josh, sit down, figure shit out. You know what I mean? And the Grizzlies are doing that. It sounds yeah, like he's suspended indefinitely. That's kind of what we were talking about last week, too. It sounds like the Grizzlies suspended the him indefinitely. between Adam Silver and David Stern. Yeah. No, yeah. He's truly, like, like I said, like a vice principal. So that was my takeaway more so than anything Moran did was like, all right, that's kind of serious. Whether he's actually going to do shit with a gun or not, I don't think Ja would. I don't. I really don't know. We've had, mm-hmm. like you said, these other incidents with finish line come out. There was a bullshit report a few months back. I don't know if you heard about it with the Pacers, like him pointing, him and his friends pointing a gun with a beam on it in the players' parking lot. I don't believe that for a second because there's yeah, cameras all I, around players' parking lots for, you know, they got million-dollar whips in there. Anybody would have seen if that actually had happened, so I don't believe that story personally. But there's just been a growing narrative around Ja this whole season, and, you know, it's questionable to say the least. Yeah. But, I yeah, get, I, again, my takeaway somehow story, more than that uh, was Adam that's Silver. Like a, your takeaway was Adam Silver? More so. Sorry. More so. Yeah, I see you had to flip it, but I got you. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I had a couple takeaways from this. One, um, that's the last story where you're talking about the uh, pointing lasers at people in the Indiana Pacers parking lot, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Even though, it, regardless, it's true, not true, whatever, like... The fact that that story can come out about you and now that you can believe it's true is a problem. Like, obviously, he's done enough to where, like, you could kind of convince... Like, if someone said that about Nikola Jokic, you'd be like, that's absolutely not true. Like, why would that even... No one would ever say that, like, Jokic's brothers or whatever friends are just doing that. Unless, Mm. like, obviously, information came out. His brothers, I could believe. Well, I wouldn't... Sorry, I wouldn't... I... His brothers feel like more of the type that would go and like just wait outside, like arms crossed. I don't, I couldn't see that. But, um, anyways, he's just not a good look that that can even be a story. Um, when I first saw this, I was like, I think it's very unfair though, some of these stories, specifically the, the Pacers one. The other ones, oh, the so other ones have police reports, but the ones with the one with the NBA and the Pacers specifically saying they had a gun with a beam on it, that would. There would be so much available footage of that that we would have seen that by now. So that I found yeah. completely unfair to Ja. These other ones with the 17-year-old, the one with the finish line where him and his him and his guys are pulling up nine deep, right, uh, on a teenage employee. Yeah. Those are police reports. So those actually happened, and those are can be substantiated. Yeah. But specifically the Pacers report of him and his friends waiting outside the team bus, scaring the bus off with a gun. 
that is hardly believable. And we would have we would have seen more players talk about that. We would have seen the footage by now. because um, there's cameras in all these Yeah, the pace, uh, some Pacers I mean? player would have came out and mentioned something about it at this point. Yeah, so that's completely unfair. And it just sounds ridiculous anyway. Like it just sounds ridiculous off top. Um matter of yeah. fact, when back in the day, just real quick, just to compare it, when Carmelo mm-hmm. and KG had their little thing, uh you know, the Celtics and Knicks, and Melo waited for KG at the team bus. We saw footage of that. It had been the same exact thing with that, with Ja, you yeah. know what I mean? There would have been footage of it, especially if he was going out of his way to be in the Pacers, or I guess it would have been the, yeah, the the Pacers parking lot, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There would have been footage. Yeah, you would have seen something about it for sure. Um but my first, I had a couple first, like my initial thoughts. My first thought was like, you just, you got a Nike deal and your signature shoe is, hasn't even dropped yet, but we've seen them. They look dope. I, I like the look of them. I know you were thinking about getting them obviously, cause you had mentioned talking to me about it if we got them at the store. Um, and I just never I just hate that for him. Obviously, this is something he can come back from. It's not like he's like absolutely out of the league or will never be able to get anything ever again. But the first thing I thought of was like, man, how is this going to affect Nike? How is this going to affect um him endorsement wise moving forward because Ja the player is still going to get chances for sure cuz like again, nothing has like been completely came down come down on him yet and the Grizzlies are clearly all in on Ja regardless. So he's going to get multiple chances to be able to right the wrongs that he had done. That is for sure. The second thought that I had after that was LeBron and Steph were two in particular, more in particular LeBron, because it's like how a lot of superstars get the spotlight and they do one thing or another, it doesn't have to just be this, but they get into the spotlight and they don't always know how to act because of the fact that it's all new to them. It's fame, it's fortune. A lot of people didn't come from it and then now they got it. And so they're like, they want to flaunt it off. They want to do this. They want to do that. They don't know how to say no. They put themselves in the not the best of situations. And then they find themselves getting into trouble or just putting themselves in precarious situations LeBron has been in the spotlight since he was 14 high school everything and to this day we don't hear anything about him he's a model citizen I was saying the same thing with Steph obviously his parents were I was a dad Dell was in the NBA so he's been there for a while and there's a lot more athletes too Clay Thompson's another one that comes to mind uh Luke has been like a lot of people have been perfectly fine I just LeBron was the perfect one because he's been in the spotlight zoomed in on him for so long and we talk about everything possible LeBron like this game this game this game for all 82 pretty much and he hasn't had a single incident at all that would even remotely put yourself in that front front so that was another thought of mine too but I just hope that this is everything that happened it just gets stopped with Ja I don't want anything moving forward he could be one of the faces of the NBA. I mean, he's already becoming one, but really one of the faces of the NBA because in a couple of years, he probably will be the best American-born NBA player 
if things are trajecting well, because obviously there's Embiid, there's Jokic, there's Giannis, there's Luka, Wimbenyama, we, if, who, if, if he progresses into what we think he can be. Like, I mean, obviously be him or Tatum, but, like, that just – he has such a lane for him that he's, like, obviously one of the most electrifying players. He has such a marketing deal. I even saw him the other day going grocery shopping on a Dunkaroos, like the old, like – uh, sugar and cracker thing, Dunkaroos, obviously it fits him because his jaw, he can clearly dunk. So it just, I just hope he doesn't ruin any of that for him moving forward. But I hope this gets stopped. Essentially, I hope he's able to fix what he needs to fix. And then we get to move forward and get to see the best of jaw. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, it's not Gilbert Arenas levels, right? Um, oh no no it's not it's not agent zero bringing the bringing the strap to the arena but uh to me this is the equivalent to like i already mentioned him in comparison to iverson iverson early in his career made a rap album that david stern blocked from coming yep. out uh because of because <laughs> of the content that was in it you know i mean it would have been some hood shit yep. you know what I mean? it would have been it just would have been bad for the brand at that time now you got Lillard and Bridges and everyone raps now, right? In the NBA, mm-hmm. puts out projects, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. So the meet was kind of akin to that. I think it just, like you said, it happens after these string of incidents where you hear like gun-related incidents with Ja or threatening behavior with Ja. I mean, I really think it's just stupid, immature behavior. Putting a gun on IG Live, mm-hmm. like I would say. Hey man, why you got a gun? You should have other people in your crew that have guns. But I mean, you know, who am I to say that? I don't know what necessarily Ja is or is not going through. Flashing it on IG Live, that's that's a dumbass yeah. part of it all. You know what I mean? And yeah, that, that doesn't he does, that's just not needed. Also, someone around <clears throat> him, like I don't know, obviously, I'm not calling out the people around him at all. They could be great people. We don't know. I don't know any of them, obviously. But someone around you you've got to put people around you that are going to check you on those kind of things like that may not be the move like i understand you're gonna go on your own ig live and you're gonna just flash the gun on your own ig live i get it you want to show that you're having a good time that's fine that's the age that we're in good cool we don't need to be doing that you are a role model you're the fate you're one of your face of a franchise you're probably the best player in franchise history you are you have the chance to be one of the faces if not the face of the league at some point in your career and make almost a billion dollars throughout your playing career and going on. Like we don't need to be doing that. It's like, he just like someone in his corner. If it needs to be team Morant, if it needs to be whoever his friends are, obviously like Steven Adams, a report came out that Steven Adams had a players only meeting before the incident happened. Obviously it was directed at job, but he didn't actually give names. We all knew who they're kind of who, who was this forefront of that conversation was about so just hopefully someone in that circle of his can be able to kind of be a mentor almost and make sure and that he's not falling down that path again yeah it's all a weird situation it's very much a 2023 it really is sports situation it's unfortunate that it has to be <laughs> a firearm you know what i mean like he's showing off the blakey like that's just it's yeah, just all just silly you know what i mean because there's no need for it but I mean, look, he's gonna be back a week or two from now, and he's gonna ball out just like he always does. And then it's gonna be playoff time, and that's gonna be the talk whether they 
I mean, shit. Like I said last, I think it was last podcast. I said he's got some bad karma coming from him. For him, that might be it right there. You know, for the uh, mm-hmm. all the we're not afraid of anybody in the West. You know, you you do gotta humble yourself at some point. This league will humble you, as any professional league will. You know, if you're a young star. So, like you said, he's got everything going Absolutely. for him. He's got a shoe deal, which not many players do, you know, especially at a Nike or an Adidas, you know. You do, you know, it's a select mm-hmm. group there. You might have five NBA players who have their own signature shoes. So, that's yeah, not going to um, go away. He's Really? I think right now you got 12, maybe? Between the two companies? Like, I'm mean, like 10 or 12? Yeah, like... I think because... Yeah, if it's, if it's off of Jordan brand... Nike, Adidas, you know, if it's anybody but that, like Puma, I guess Under Armour with Steph, you know what I mean? But, you know, usually you can kind of, you got some obscure players, especially like in the Chinese markets, like Li Ning, like Clay's got his own shoe and all that, you know. I would imagine there's not many players Mm -hmm. buying Clay Thompson, or, yeah, young players buying Clay Thompson shoes. You know, most players want Nike or Adidas. But, you know. You really got like Seb, you got Giannis, you got Kyrie, you got Braun, you got Harden, you got Curry. Formerly Kyrie. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young. What? Formerly Kyrie. Ja oh, pretty yeah, much took his formerly spot. Formerly Kyrie. But like, but, no, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, but ja yeah, took his spot. Paul George. But like, so you had those seven, Paul George as well. So you have about like 10 players in the league who really have their own shoe. Luca was another one that I hadn't mentioned. Like, Jokic doesn't even have his own line yet. Like, he definitely could. He's obviously great enough to have a question about him later on. But, um, like, there, it, it's a select group that you get that. And Ja, deservingly so, deserves to be in that group because he's an amazing athlete, he's an amazing basketball player, and he's marketable. So yeah. I just hope that this doesn't. This is gonna. I hope this is just a little bump in the road rather than being a completely turn left. That's all. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I'm not personally. I'm not worried about John Moran at all. Um, like I said, I think he comes back in a week, two weeks time. It's gonna ball out, and the conversation's not gonna be anything to do with this. It will be when they lose, you know, just because I've said it here a million times. NBA fan discourse is the absolute fucking worst. Like, this will be Job ja Morant could average thirty five and get bounced from round two, and they'll somehow still bring this shit up. You know what I mean? So, absolutely, uh, they always do. You know, I I expect him to, like I said, I expect him to bounce back. Everything will go pretty copacetic, I would believe, and then you know, whatever their success in the postseason is, it'll hinge on not just him. You know what I mean? But a big part of it will be him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that'll be the conversation, yep. you know? I mean, we've never really... We've seen Ja mix it up a few times, and especially with the whole Shannon Sharp thing, even though that was more Dylan Brooks. But we've never seen Ja try to fight someone on the court yeah. or anything like that. So, no, I'm not I'm not worried about Ja Moran at all. Yeah, no, I'm, I would say I'm not worried because I think this is something that you can... It's not like he's gone down such a bad road that he can't come back from it. He can definitely come back from it. He just needs to... Make sure he's surrounding himself with good people and moving forward, making good decisions. Absolutely, that are gonna. He now understands how big his brand is and like how like how important he is as a person, what his decisions and things are. Yeah, normal. Um, normal young. So next, what something I wanted to bring sure. up. Sure, go ahead. Go, wait, sorry, go no, on. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say next. Um, so I had mentioned Jokic a little bit just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually talking with people at work today, and obviously 
Embiid, Jokic. You've got to throw Giannis in there because he's always there. Uh, Luka a little bit, but the way the Mavericks are playing record-wise, he's probably out of it. And then Tatum would be probably your roughly your five for MVPs right now. Yeah. I, I, would, I, would um, say there, I might be forgetting one. I would say a four-person race and really a three-person race. With Tatum on the outside looking in. You know what I mean? Tatum can kind of squeeze his way in. Yeah. I was going to say, they more be on the outside, but you'd pretty much have the three players that it was pretty much last year would be the same as this year, I would say. I don't know if you would agree with and that. And pretty much on but, and on until... Yeah, I'd say pretty much... On and on until one of them really starts having, and I hope they don't, you know, until they get injury problems, I think it'll be those three and mm-hmm. Doncic, so long they have a successful team. I think it'll be those four... And Morant. Morant, too, would be in there, you know? Yeah, but especially those three, the stats they Tatum, get. Tatum, I think Tatum. And Tatum. But those three specifically, like uh, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, their stats are going to be so astronomical all the time, and their success will be so prominent because of how effective they are as players. They're always going to be in the conversation, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, what, so, go ahead. Jokic. Yep. Jokic has a chance to win three MVPs in a row since the first time since birth, mm-hmm. like a legitimate chance at doing so. I didn't think he was going to going in the year, but he's been playing phenomenal, and he would completely deserve it if he did. And I was thinking about it. Like, when you – and I even took it back to – because you don't have a lot of three-peats, but you do have a lot of two-peats. Mm-hmm. And other than Steve Nash – Usually when you're two-peating, you're at least a top two player in the league, if not top one. Sure. Is Jokic, in your mind, a top two player in the league? Because in mine, he's not. Which is what, which is what's weird about his MVPs. The only thing is, I feel a lot like if you're a consensus, like obviously it's an opinionated thing, but the consensus would have him probably around anywhere from four to six. Or four to five, four to six, roughly in that range. Uh, I mean, it would depend. I think certainly, I think he's got to be top four. Um, regular season, look, if we're just talking regular season, yeah, he's as good as anybody for the regular season. You know, as good as Giannis, as good as Embiid, uh-huh. as good as Doncic. Throw a player out. Jokic is as good as them in the regular season. In the postseason, his numbers are just as good. Yeah, uh, But... If you were to because ask me, the winning success. I mean, they went to the, they went to the conference finals, right? Gone. Uh, yeah. But if you were to ask me, like, what yep. does the Nuggets' success p- depend on in the postseason this year, especially them being the one seed, and it looks like they'll keep the one seed. You know, my biggest question would be, yeah, uh, Jokic and the five pick and roll. You know, as a switch man, as the drop man, all that, right? Because it's an actual question. I don't think he's a zero on defense. You know what I mean? I don't think it's 2016 Steph. Obviously, Jokic isn't as fleet of foot as uh, Embiid or Giannis, right? Like, he's not. They can switch on to a guard Mm. and be fine. You know, especially Giannis. Jokic can't. Um, But that's what the postseason's for. We'll get to see exactly. You know, if Giannis, or sorry, if Jokic can get to the finals... And at least go toe to toe with whoever they got, then he's for sure top three. I mean, that's like you said, before you even factor in, he might have three straight MVPs. So he's gotta be Yeah. He's gotta be in that top three or four. I definitely put him ahead of Doncic. Um 
and I think he's ahead of Embiid. You put him ahead of you. You put him ahead of Luca. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. Luca still. Luca very much. That's tough. As effective as Luca is, Luca's not. Very much not a team player yet. He's very much looking for his shot. Um, whereas Jokic could care less about scoring. Um, and you can see. I mean, look what his supporting cast last year. He was down his top two players. He gets them a six seed. Is not far out of the three seed, right? Like, there wasn't much splitting the six from the three. Uh, they got obviously knocked out by the Warriors in the first round. But, like, what Jokic can do with pretty much anybody around him is pretty insane. Whereas Luka is very much dribbling for 17 out of 24 seconds with the ball in his hand. And, you know, it's him deciding who he wants to dish to. This and that. Jokic, the ball's swinging a lot of the times, and he's still getting these numbers, triple doubles most of the season, which is insane. Uh, so, yeah, Luka's still a tier below Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis to me right now as players, not even just in the MVP talk, as a player. Um, yeah. Is Curry in that? Curry, he Cur- is, but, in, I mean, he's been the so— Doncic chick- I would have Curry ahead of Doncic. I mean, Curry would be in that top group for me too, but he's he can't stay healthy like these guys right now. Like he's banged up every six weeks, it seems like. Um, and again, that's where we'll have the postseason to really settle these arguments, which is why I love the postseason so much. Um, thing is, with postseason, you got to have nuance. As I said, you go look at Jokic; his scoring goes up, his rebounds go up, his assists drop because he's focusing on scoring more. Um, It's Mm -hmm. very clear that they don't lose because of Jokic. And if, specifically this year, if they were to get bounced in the second round, it would be deserved the criticism he gets. But I don't think it's fair to criticize him in the way, like, you know, LeBron's a different story, but, like, let's say James Harden. We've talked about him a lot. You can very well point to James Harden and say, okay, they're losing these playoff series because he's not showing up. Jokic shows up. We've seen Doncic. He more than shows up. Morant showed up last year up until he got injured. Um, Giannis shows up. So I want some nuance in the discussion with that. But to answer specifically about Curry, yeah, we'll see in the postseason. Because, I mean, I'll get to I'll get to Curry more I, once we talk about the Warriors more. We'll say that. Because I'm sure you got some Warriors I questions. I don't see how Curry's not in that conversation. He, I don't see how Curry's not in that. He is, but I mean, he's com- played like, he's played forty games I, this year, right? He's played somewhere below, right? He's like around forty, so he's played much less games than he played forty. He's played forty this year. He played sixty four last year. He played sixty three the year before, mm-hmm. and then he played sixty nine two years before. Obviously, he broke his wrist that one year, uh, but like he's been, I mean, consistently around that sixty four, sixty five for the last couple of years. We're talking about this season, but though. I mean. This season he's played. Well, no, no, I'm no. Obviously, yeah, obviously this season, and he's put. I know he's put up. He's played forty games this year, yeah. so definitely he's been banged up. But I don't. So that's that's my thing. That's but I mean that's exactly where I'm go- getting at. Is we'll see with Steph in the postseason. Right now, I can't put him at the every night level as them because he's not there every night. You know what I mean? Same with Kawhi. Whereas Kawhi, the way he's I, playing right now, if you put Kawhi and Curry stats there, sure they're on that level. Um. But they're not every night players as of right now. As of right now, uh, Kawhi has been for the last month. But, you know, 
Curry, if he can ever put two or three months together, then yeah, we he probably very well would be in this discussion right now, and the Warriors' record would be a lot better. But that's just not the case right now. You know, Warriors are in the play-in position, whereas Embiid in the Sixers, Giannis in the Bucks, and Jokic in the Nuggets, they're all either fighting or secured top seeds right now. So that's the only difference with Curry, but the postseason has a chance to flip all that. So we shall see. I, I guess for me, him being injured this year doesn't take him out of the spot that he was going into the season because when he has played on the court, he has been better than he was last season. So I guess for me, but like, uh, so for me, he wouldn't change in the spot that I'd have him. But uh, the Luka Jokic one is interesting to me because I did not think you would have Jokic ahead of Luka, which is that's so. So you would have it be right now Giannis and Jokic and then Steph would be your top four, then probably Luka at five. Like if Something I was like that, and I'd probably order it. It all depends on how you're ordering. Really, to me, it's Giannis. Giannis Embiid and Jokic all 1A, 1B, 1C. It doesn't matter, really. It depends on the night, right? Um, then you got, like I said, Curry and Kawhi. When they're in there, when they're playing, they're playing at as high of a level as either one of those three guys right now. Luka, yeah, he is too, but Luka, literally Luka's offense is give Luka the ball and let him do what he wants with it, right? His usage rate is hella high. Um he accumulates assists, but, you know, you want to talk about, like, the comparisons with him and LeBron. LeBron is so much more pass-first than Doncic. Doncic ain't even looking for his guys unless he absolutely has to. Uh, so, which, by the way, any shot's a good shot for him. He can overpower any of his matchups, so I get it. But, no, I wouldn't have him on the level of Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid yet. Um and like I said, after those three, it really doesn't matter See, because no one, no one plays consistently anymore. So it's really so hard to like judge these guys. Um, but in the case of Doncic, I, I think Doncic me, is like two years away from like really being like dead ass serious about this league the way Giannis and Bede and Jokic are, and that's very normal for a young player, you know. So I just see him being a little me first right now, in my in my estimation, from what I'm watching. I, 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 get it. I great, agree with the fact that I think I, and I, that's why I think he, that's why I said before, I know we had talked about this maybe six months ago, roughly. I said before that I think kind of like how in a different, like in a different way, kind of how Mike was, I think that Jokic, I uh, know Jokic, sorry, that Luca at some point is going to have to change his play a little bit, and the way he's ball dominant. Obviously, Mike didn't have the players around him. He got Scotty around him. He got the triangle offense, and obviously, we know the rest is history. Six Finals, six MVPs. We get it. We got all that. But like Luca's going to have to change. Like he's going to need to get a player and then change the way that he kind of orchestrates his offense because it is really hard for people to play with him. Like that is a thing just because of how ball control he is. So that's why it's hard to get a real second 
star of stars. We'll see how it is with Kyrie, but it's more of a back-and-forth thing rather than a kind of working conjunction thing. So I get what you're saying there. Like, if you had to start a team, you might start it with Jokic instead of Luka because of the fact that you feel you can get a more fluid offense that way. But I think, personally, I think they're on the same level. I think that I have Giannis a touch above everybody else, and then I would have Steph, Luka, KD, Jokic, and Embiid kind of on their same tier. Like, I think they're all around the same, the way they... If I had to, if going into a season, obviously I went into a season everyone you would want, but like I think all of them affect the game tremendously in the ways that they do, and it's comparable each way. It's just obviously they do it completely different. Jokic as a point guard, KD has such a pure score, but he doesn't need to dribble the ball. Lucas, how he controls the ball. Steph, how he can, can get everybody else involved without actually touching the ball, and then Embiid being able to do it on both ends. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, I would agree with you with Durant, Curry, Kawhi, whoever else you want to put in there. Tatum as well. Tatum, tremendous two-way player. Um, I just think what yeah. Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid, and let me throw let me throw Tatum in there too. And I'll throw Doncic, but again, Doncic, the ball's literally in his hands twenty four seven, where it's not with these guys as much. It might seem it with Embiid, but Harden's got the rock a lot, right? What they're doing, mm-hmm. and let me throw Jokic in on both ends too. Jokic does, he's active on defense. He's getting defensive rebounds, which is part of defense. Um, I yeah. think what they're doing on a night-to-night basis is similar to what we saw six, seven years ago at their peak with Curry, Durant, all that. When they were giving you 70-some-odd games of this every night, that's just where they are. I've said this many times, you know. Giannis said it. Curry, he's got the crown right now. He won the finals last year. Curry's got the crown. He's going to have the crown when they go into the postseason. Lord willing that the the Warriors make it. They're still in the playing fight right now. But the Warriors make it in. The Warriors and Curry are going to have the target on their back, more so than Giannis or Jokic or any of these guys. So, you know, we'll see. this. The title is as open as possible right now. Any one of those teams could win mm-hmm. it, you know, especially if you're Jokic in the Nuggets, Philly and Embiid, and uh fuck we talking about? It's the third guy there. Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, we got the Celtics. We got the we got the Celtics. Yeah, Giannis, talking more Celtics, so about those Bucks, the Celtics, three-headed yeah, uh, MVP monster. But, yes, yeah, Celtics too. Everybody, you know, it's completely yeah. wide open. And, uh, you know, we could further this into a different discussion. I think... You know, we were talking about load management. A lot of this, to me, Keenan, you'll remember when we had the bubble playoffs, we called it adult AAU. Uh, Everything that's happened with the NBA since then reminds me of AAU. Like, this upcoming tournament that we're going to have reminds me of AAU, you know, where the Clippers have an out. They're, like, kind of a sneaky contender, even though we haven't seen their whole squad together. The Warriors are yep. probably going to be a six or a seven seed. Haven't had their whole squad a lot of the year, and they're going to be as dangerous as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's going to be as constructed. Who yep. are your eight? Who are your six, seven guys that you trust? And let's go. Because there's only very few teams, the Bucks, the Celtics, and Nuggets, and maybe the Sixers. Those are probably the four teams where you know for sure what you're getting. 
as far as their top eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They've been relatively healthy. The Bucks not so much, but you know, across the years we have, and they they look to be shaping into form. Middleton will be a starter by then. He's coming off the bench for the Bucks, but the Nuggets, Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers, we know what we're getting as far as their top eight. Everyone else, they've got the talent and they've got the ability. What are they going to do? That's why I think, and I'd throw the Grizzlies in there as well. The Grizzlies know their squad quite a bit too. You know, they've got some camaraderie there too. Yeah, but. Like, the Warriors, I think, yeah. are as dangerous as anybody, no matter what their seed are, just because I think their starting five, statistically, is the best in the league when they're on the court. And uh, they've got terrible, yeah. we were talking before, they've got a terrible road record. It's like 7-24, and 24, maybe even 7-25 and 25 after tonight. And I don't even give a shit about that. Yes. Whereas in other years, if this was any other year, or how the NBA was even three to five years ago, where players actually played on a nightly basis... I would say, damn, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Warriors don't look like they're going to repeat. Now I could give a fuck and, about that road record because and, it means nothing. There's it a little nothing. bit there, but like... Yeah, it's a little bit. Like, it's it's definitely a trend, Rousey, but I mean, you're giving me uh, four road games for them in a seven-game series. Yeah, I think they can win two of those. You know what I mean? And then you got two more you got to win out. Yeah, like, I'm not as afraid in they a seven-game series. Need to, they might only need to win one. Yeah, you just never know. They might only need to win one, honestly. The way they're playing at home, they're twenty-seven and seven right now. But uh, you've got Curry, you've got Clay, you've got Draymond, you've got Jordan Poole, you got Kevon Looney. I say those guys just because they were won a championship last year. They like Kaminga, like all of them. Wiggins, they all won a championship last season. Steve Kerr coached that team clearly last season. They went on the road in Boston. They went on the road in Denver. They went on the road in Dallas. They went on the road in Memphis. Like They've gone on the road before to think that they can't win a single game on the road in the playoffs Like in, in each series is kind of wild. So they definitely have a chance just as much as anybody, as you have said. Um, well, something I was interested in because I was thinking about this Jokic thing, and then I was thinking, I was like, okay, so where would I have him? Because I would have him around the four, five, four, five, six ish area. And then I was thinking about him, the MVPs plus that. I understand people who have him higher. That's just where I have him. And then I was going through and I made like a top 20 list. The players that are not on the top 20 to me, I think it's crazy. Because like if you were to just say like certain, like I'm going to name off a couple. Like I don't have Carl Anthony Towns. I don't have Trey Young. I don't have Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't have Kyrie. I don't. Uh, uh, Zion just doesn't play enough for me to even have him there. Like De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Jalen Brunson, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal. Like these are just some names that are not in my top twenty. And it's crazy to think that like like if you heard it on its face, you'd be like, how are they not? But then you go through twenty players and you're like, oh. Well, there's a few right there oh, that you just said. That actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they fall in the twenty-five, but it would be hard for me to find. Oh. Someone to take Kyrie out right now, the, the level Kyrie's playing at. Drew Holiday, especially the way Drew Holiday's uh, playing on both it, ends. It, it's it and Brunson. It's really tough. Okay, so I'll so I'm gonna name you. So I'm gonna name you who it is, and I get you could probably take one of these players, but I also give me a twenty to give not, me a twenty to one. I right guess now. I just don't base it. Give me a twenty to one, and I'll tell you. Paul George, I could take him out, even though he played phenomenal the other James. night. James, 
See, see, like you can have argue. Like I think when you get down to the other, like the bottom of it, you can have arguments. I'm not trying to make it sound like they have no, no yeah, shot yeah, yeah. at it. No, I know, I know, not, I know. Not I'm just saying. One. Immediately, Paul George would yeah. be on my fringe. Up until, like oh. I said, he looked phenomenal yeah, you, the other night. That's why, like, mm-hmm. if him and Kawhi are playing the way they were the other night, whereas Kawhi had a th- quiet 32, and Paul George ended with either 38 or 42, <laughs> something like that. Paul George is the best player on the court. Quiet 32. That's crazy. That's a thing. Now. I did not even realize. I was thing I was now. watching that quiet whole 32. game. Paul George was <laughs> the best player on the court. And I knew Kawhi was getting buckets. But, you know, I look at the box score after and I say, Kawhi had 32. Yeah, it was it was a quiet 32 for sure. Anyway, keep going. Paul George at 20. There's no one that gets more quiet numbers than KD. Like KD can have like almost a quiet 40 sometimes. He really can. It's like, ah, oh, it's just KD. He really can. But uh, so I had Paul George at twenty, I had James Harden at nineteen. I got Anthony Edwards at eighteen. I got Jalen Brown at seventeen. I got Donovan Mitchell at sixteen. I got Shea Gilgis Alexander at fifteen. I got Jimmy Butler at fourteen. I got Devin Booker at thirteen. Jimmy Butler uh, immediately though and I would have Jimmy Butler fall out for. At least Brunson or Holiday are one of those two guys. Because those two, just right now, at this moment... It's hard because, like, if you... At this moment, right now, this moment in time, March 7th, 2023, Drew Holiday and Jalen Brunson are both playing at a higher level than Jimmy Butler is. At this moment right now. And I I think that's 100% fair. But then, like... Like I guess for this list too, I get thought about myself because normally I go off of like how I make my list always, as I've always said, is if I had to draft somebody right now, where would I draft them? Like if I had to go for for a season, where would I draft them? And that's how I'd make my list because obviously you would take the best player first and then the second best player second and then the third and so on. So if I had to draft them going into just this season, where would I draft them? It's always how I kind of mentally do my lists. And that's kind of, and then that's kind of where it came out of. And so this, and at 13, I have Devin Booker. This 12 through 7, it legitimately depends on the day. And and this is with everybody completely healthy. This is not me taking in, not into health. The way I did it now, and then I'm looking at this, I could probably switch it. I probably have Anthony Davis, 12. Have Kawhi eleven, I'd have Dame ten, LeBron nine, Ja eight, Tatum seven, Embiid six, Durant five, Jokic four, Luca three, Steph two, Giannis one. And again on that like twelve through seven, or twelve through eight, you can convince me on a day that you could just flip Kawhi and Ja from twelve to eight, and I would be like, okay, I understand. Like it really that mix, it's they're so close in players. I'm gonna continue. So that's kind of where I have it now. I'm gonna continue with the same theme. Go on. Uh, it's pretty much like what you said. You could honestly fifteen to one. You could put in almost any order at any point during the year. You know what I mean? Like when I was talking about the yeah. top three earlier, I didn't even mention Durant, and I think Durant. Still plays as high as a as high of a level as any one of those guys, but again, him and 
Him and Steph. Yeah, me, I mean, he just had he had thirty seven. An easy thirty seven. The other night, and off twelve to seventeen. An easy thirty seven. Twelve to seventeen. Um, again, I'll put I'll put him, Kawhi, and Curry in the same group, just because they seem to get unfortunate injuries. You know, Curry gets rolled up on quite a bit. Kawhi just gets these freak injuries. Durant, I think the last three or four injuries he's had, it's someone knocking into his knee or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, whenever they're yeah. healthy, they look exactly yeah. how they looked four years ago. It's just when they're healthy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, these lists are so hard, whereas, you know, maybe five, six years ago they were easier because everyone played a little more, so it was a little more concrete. But on any given day, like, yeah, Paul George could be in that top 15. He could be in the 30 range. Same with Drew Holiday, same with Kyrie, as you mentioned, like these people who are on the outside looking in. Anthony Edwards, that's a hard one for mm-hmm. me because he's such a rising star. But it's hard to yeah. estimate his impact because he does have quality players around him too. But I'd want Anthony Edwards on my team. Um, and yeah, Tatum. Like I was, he upped everything this year, obviously with Towns out. Yeah. But yeah, go on. And I feel like Tatum, I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. I feel like I often overlook him with – with these other guys, just because I don't know what it is, because he flashy, I guess. I don't even really. I think it just becomes he doesn't. I don't even think it's he doesn't put up like. I don't even think he's less flashy. I think he does put up these monster stat lines. It's just like I don't know what it is, because he scores the ball at will. It's it's really tough to guard him. Uh, he's become such a better playmaker. He's consistently getting between like seven and ten rebounds. Um. But it, at the same time, I will say, like, he's a better two-way like, player than Jokic, right? But it doesn't seem like he reaches the highs that Jokic yeah. does, you know? Him being a possible three-time no, And he, he seems to have a little bit more floors. Like, like I'm going through his game log right now. Like, his last seven games. We'll go from his um, – Like, he, he had, had that bad 38 against game. the Pistons right before the br- – Yeah, he went 38 against the Pistons right before – then he had 31 against the Pacers. Then 18 against the Sixers. Had 14 against the Knicks. But then bounces back with 41 against the Cavs. Then goes 22 against the Nets. And then comes back with 40 against the Knicks. So it's like, I feel with him, he doesn't have the... He's obviously a super consistent player. He's averaging 30 this year. I'm not trying to... But like I feel like when those next level guys have just a hair more of consistency. like I feel like you just don't get those... 14 point games from Jokic all that often and if you do it's normally tied with a triple double of him actually being impactful you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I just feel like he this is a little and it's like a, a hair it's not even like a lot because he's still obviously averaging 39 and 5 this season yeah. which is incredible man. no he's been he's but been so consistent just, he's on a little a little inconsistent compare yeah and I don't even I don't even think he's that inconsistent. I and think it's hard because it's not even really inconsistent. It's not even inconsistency because oh, he, he always just, plays hard. It's just comparatively, he always, I guess. Here's the thing with him. He, yeah, he always plays hard. Absolutely. And when he's not mm-hmm. playing hard, he's not absolutely. just out there kind of like moping that he's not – his shot ain't falling. Like that game against Philly where he hit the, the game-winning shot, uh, he was trying to get other players involved. He was still yeah. rebounding. He's still playing defense at a high level. I think – I think they got such a great supporting cast in Boston. Sometimes it's easy for him to 
have those bad games because Jalen Brown and because Marcus Smart, Derek White, all these guys are going to pick it up. Horford's playing at a high level since the break. Um, yep. But, yeah, I really don't know what it is. I can't quantify it. I really can't. I've been watching Tatum his whole career, and there's a part of me that just thinks he's like, if Jokic and all those guys, I say this comparison a lot, but if they're all 100, which they're not, you know what I mean? But, you know, they're at 100 right now. I feel like Tatum's at like a 97.5. And I can't even quantify what that reason is because he he truly does play his ass off. He truly does give a shit. Like, he, him and Jalen don't even fall under this uh, these players who don't play. Like, they're two that suit up every night. You know what I mean? Um, they don't try to do the whole load management shit. Granted, they gave Tatum the night off last night yeah. after the double OT game. Um, I have separate thoughts for Boston, too. I mean, I, But that's more reasonable. Yeah, more reasonable after the double OT game. And but, it, and with him, it's few and far between yeah, so when they do that with him. It's not every week absolutely. where he's going to miss one or every two weeks where he's going to miss one. He plays for the most part. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, I mean, on one sense, I think it's twofold. I think we have a lot of talent in the league where we can make it difficult for these yeah. top 25 lists, top 20, whatever. And it's, as I've been saying, this mm-hmm. load management, the injuries, it's so hard to quantify Steph, Kawhi, KD. And I feel like that's been escalating over the last three, four years since pretty much like right around before the bubble or after it, where it was very hard to quantify these stars compared to it's the stars hard. who play but put up yeah. ridiculous stats. Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. They've been doing it for so long now. I want to put on Shea right now. Mm-hmm. The way Shea has been playing this year, he's been putting up stupid stats this year, but obviously, like, and he's been playing more, but you wouldn't ever take Shea over Curry, just obviously because you know what Curry's done in the postseason. Can I take that, and what he can I take that a step player, down real quick? Same. Can I take that a step down? Go for it. Because of where you have this it. player I'm about to mention ranked, and we just talked to him quite a, talked about him quite a yep. bit last podcast, is Dame. Shy's probably putting up better stats than Dame this year, right? Because Shy's a 30-point-per-game scorer. He's probably played more games than Dame, yeah. if I had to guess. And I love SGA. Love his game. Loved him since he came out of Kentucky. But And I think he's a franchise guy. Clearly, OKC thinks that because he was in the Paul George trade. But I'm probably not taking SGA yep. over Dame right now. You know what I mean? Dame, you put Dame on any team, he f- can flip a championship right now if you put them on just take Dame and just put them on any one of those playoff teams that are ahead of him like he's going to be in the play-in conversation sure but you put Dame on shit who put Dame put okay put Dame in if Kyrie spot right now put Dame on the Cavs put Dame on the Cavs put Dame in Kyrie I was, spot I was putting Dame in the Cavs instead of Gar- Garland mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly like Dame's just at the peak of his powers right now. He's scary. Like, I wouldn't, there's not many players I would put ahead of Dame right now. And, uh, Let's see, shit, uh, and then, you know, and see, like, uh, Dame right now is averaging 32, 5, and 7 on 47% from the floor, 37%. He's averaging from 32. Three. Shy's from averaging 31, 5, and 6. Dame's averaging 32. Yeah. God damn. He's averaging 32. Yeah, no. He's averaging 32 a game. And then Shy's averaging 31, 5, and 6 with a steal and a half and a block a game. Look, you're not averaging from 51% from the floor, 34% from three. You're not going like, to like it, but. They're playing phenomenal both, obviously. You're not going to like me saying this, and we kind of touched on it before, but. Man, Dame and Steph, 
is kind of a conversation. It kind, it just kind of is that the level that Dame's playing at right now on the team he's on is very reminiscent to me of like Kobe those years after Shaq where he had a shit team and he was putting up ridiculous numbers. It's, Dame doesn't want to leave and Kobe. Reminiscent of Steph two years ago. And that too. And that too. But. I'd say he averaged 32, 5, and 6 on 48% shooting two years ago when they had no clay. It was really just him, Draymond, and a bunch of young players. Mm-hmm. And they were in the kind of same position. I think they were like 15 games over 500. He had that stretch where he went like 11 straight games of 30 plus with 50. Per, or like He had a stretch towards the end of the season that was phenomenal. But yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Dame, Dame's comp, very comparable to Steph. I just honestly think the way Steph affects the game without the ball is kind of what takes him a little, like a little better. As I said, a little better ball handler, and the way he affects the game without the ball makes him a like, if like a baby step above. But I, it's very comparable. I'm not trying to take anything away from Dame. Dame with the ball in his hands is a magician. Absolutely. And uh, and without it too, I mean, I don't think he moves as much as Curry. Not many players do. Oh yeah, as much as Curry or Clay without the ball. But Dame's mm. certainly not Luca out there. And I don't want this to sound like I'm shitting on Luca, oh, no. but I was watching Luca more closely Luka- this weekend than before, and there were several times Luca. And this is not a diss. This is like rightfully, not rightfully so, but there was times where Luca looked off Kyrie because he had a mismatch on him. But the second guy was coming in, you know what I mean? So he was still putting up a tough shot. What probably seemed easy because he's shooting over this guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you're shooting over someone 6'2", that's always going to be a good shot for Luca. But you also got a wide open Kyrie right there in the elbow, you know? And I just saw several times where he's looking off great shooters for what ended up being a foul. So he ends up going to the line for two, but he very much seems right now like a me first guy, but that's extremely common for someone who's 23 with the franchise in their hands. You know, that's not surprising at all. And he's been the best player. He's been the best player on every single team he's ever played on. And he's been the me first guy pretty much on every single team he's ever played on. Like yeah, Kyrie I, right now. I guess where I think that's different, though, is we were told he was so heavily compared to LeBron for his pass first nature that Jokic truly has. That LeBron himself definitely has. I, I just hate- and Doncic... Doncic is not. I hate LeBron comparisons more than anything. They were deserved with Doncic because he was the greatest European prospect, right? That's what we were told, and he has lived up to that. Yeah, he's putting up and he's putting up LeBron statistical numbers. Like they're like if you they're very comparable comparable to their to their start of their careers. At this point in time, they're very comparable to the start of their careers. Absolutely, but but where the difference is is that Yoke or Doncic might get the assist numbers, but he's not looking to pass. Even as much as James Harden was on the Rockets, even James Harden was it's, looking for his a, guys more. It's than, the same as Westbrook. I think, and I think Westbrook it's, looks it's for his kinda, guys. Like Doncic reminds me a little bit of Westbrook. I think Westbrook looks um, for his I guys. I think like Thunder Westbrook. It, it, Thunder Westbrook was like a game to game kind of guy. Like there would be some games where he would go in and just be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to do me, and I'll probably get ten assists by just doing me." 
And then there were other games where he went in and was like, I'm going to get other people involved today. See, And I feel like Luka kind of can be the same way. Because there are games where it looks like Luka's trying to actively get everybody involved even more. And then there are games where it really just becomes a, oh, it's me first. Like, I'm I'm going for this one, guys. So. Um, Luka, he just has a little bit of maturing to his game. Like, not the physical, like, his play style, but just, like, how he goes about it. I think there's just a little bit more maturing to his game that he has to do. Yeah. But, I mean, saying that makes me probably a Luka hater. No, I think, look, fine. I think Luka wants to win. I just don't think he's... My whole oh, point absolutely. of this, my whole point is, is I don't think he's as passwords as his scouting report coming into the league was. And I'm saying if you watch him, yeah, the assist numbers, numbers might be there, even say. but those assist numbers are like, okay, I fucking have to pass it. Uh, Westbrook, since you mentioned Westbrook, I think, I think the narrative around him his whole career has been terrible, and I don't, I really don't understand where it came from. Uh, I think most of the time he looks to pass. Like, I think I think the whole conversation, if you want to have a conversation about Westbrook, should always be his decision-making in crunch time. That, I think, is faulty. Every other part of the game, mm. he he will always take dumb shots here and there. That's always been a part of him. He'll take dumb shots, but uh, he's yeah. never been like this, what people made Allen Iverson to be yet one point in his career or what it looks like with Doncic where he's like I need to get 35 points I need you know what I mean like I need it Westbrook very much has always looked for his teammates I think there's times where those Durant years where it might have looked like he was taking shots from Durant at times but he's always looking for his teammates he's very rare like I was going to get to it when we were talking about teams themselves but the Clippers need Westbrook he is the only one who can actually dictate the pace of the game dictate who's going to get the ball when Westbrook's out of the game, the Clippers lose all that and they desperately need it. Like Westbrook is very much a true point guard. And I don't understand Mm -hmm. the narrative where it came from that, you know, he's just not a team first guy. I don't, I don't think Um, it's ever been fair for him. Honestly, I think it, and I get the whole triple. I think it might've came from skip to be honest with you. And And that's what I'm saying. All this shit is like media. It's all like media. Cause Mm -hmm. like, if you're watching the games, Westbrook is like one of the smartest passers. He again, last two minutes, last three minutes of the game, it gets ugly. Don't get me wrong. And he can definitely stand around and just not cut or use his athleticism on defense. He does definitely does some lazy shit out there. Don't get me wrong, especially for how hard he, he plays for loose balls and, and this and that. But just as a point guard, he's, I want to say he's as good as anybody. He may not have the feel for the game like Chris Paul has, but he very much knows how to dictate a pace, knows how to get players shots where they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the narrative around him his entire career has the, been unfair. The The one knock thing that I really have with him was – there was sometimes late in games where he called his own number where I felt it should have been a Durant number. Yeah. Like there were just certain but like and that happens. But again, that happens with everybody. That's not like just a Westbrook only thing. I just felt like there were kind of too many times where like he would call cuz obviously he did bring the ball up the floor as you were saying. He did dictate pace, he did dictate the offense. I just felt there were some times where he would he would look for his number when the number is Kevin Durant at that time, depending. Obviously, if you get a great matchup, then you get a great matchup. So I, that's what I felt with Westbrook got a little bit off. And then 
My number one problem always with him has been he feels he's a three-point shooter. He's not. And there was a stretch of time where he decided that I'm going to shoot a bunch of threes when he wasn't a good shooter. Josh Smith syndrome. When Westbrook's not shoot, when Westbrook, especially in his prime, was not shooting threes and just shooting his mid-range jump shots, getting to the basket, pick and roll, getting people involved, unstoppable. I just hated him shooting threes. Like he needs to take everyone now and again because you got to keep a defense honest to at least try to contest you. But man. There would be some times where he'd just fall in love with taking the three when it could just be two more dribbles that pull up 15-footer that you'll make. But that, that was a really my gripes with Westbrook. Other than that, I've always felt that plays hard, plays the right way, great teammate, and been a great, has been a great person too. He's never been a person who's gotten involved with anything. He's always been a model citizen in the NBA, so... And you don't really hear bad things about him as a teammate ever. So, I don't know. I always felt it was a misrepresentation on Westbrook. Yeah, Russ is, any way you slice it, probably really a top 50 player of all time. So, no Russ land over here from me on this side. But uh, do you have, what else do you have for the oh, NBA? I have a question for you, actually. Yeah, yeah keep going. Keep going. Keep keep the questions coming. Cause question. Okay. So, I actually, I don't remember if I talked to talk to you about this or not but i had to do a top five list for school for my class so for like one of the discussions it was put together like a two-minute presentation giving like a top five whatever i could make it of whatever i want so i did the top five players of the last 10 years and i had in order i'm gonna go five to one i had Kawhi, kd Giannis, steph lebron would you have Okay, and it was from the 2012-2013 season to last year. So it would have been from, obviously, 66-16 and 16 LeBron to that last year, Steph. Would you have someone over Kawhi? Because, like, the conversation would have been either Kawhi, Jokic, or um, Westbrook, Jokic. Harden's the one for me. And then Harden. Would be, uh, Harden? You would, have Hard, you would have Harden over Kawhi? So you're going for, what are the years, 2012 to th- 2022? Yeah, so like the 2012-2013 season, so the oh, so season 13. right after the Thunder loss. So, so 2012-2013 season to the 2021-2022 season because that was an actual 10-year sample size. Wouldn't that be nine years, 13 um, to 22? So Wouldn't it be 12 to 22? Yeah, it is because it's 13, 12 to 13, 13, 14, 14, 15, 15, 15 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, But if it's 20, 12, 13, 20, 20, that's a 2013. You get what I mean? So I've always looked at that as like 2013. Oh, yeah. It starts in 12, it's, but it's we, the 13 season. So yeah, been, to me, that's mm-hmm. a nine-year sample size. But either way, that doesn't really change. Yeah, it, it's weird, but but yeah, that last year from the 2012-2013 to last year was 10 seasons. So I did a I did a rant, and that was Kawhi. And what I added in with it was obviously I had all NBA teams because I went through and like. Thoroughly went through this. I had all NBA teams, um, championships, finals, MVPs, things like that. But really, it was all NBA teams, defensive player of the years, all those kind of things. So, and I ended up getting, I ended up leaning Kawhi over Harden, which that was tough. Kawhi over Jokic has to now kind of be in that conversation with the two MVPs. Um, you've got Westbrook as well. And then you really couldn't put Lillard, even though, like, like word of mouth, like or Anthony Davis, like those two players couldn't really be there, so it was really just them. Um, 
It was like Harden was really your conversation piece. To me, the debate would be Harden versus Giannis more so, just because Giannis's success more so came in the 2020s. Obviously, he was still an impact player at the end of the 2010s, but where he's become iconic, if you want to say that, is the 2020s. So the first five players I think of yeah. when you say the 2010s would be everyone you mentioned, uh, LeBron, Curry, Durant, Kawhi, and then Harden. Like That would be my five players of the decade for that decade. So, yeah, my mind immediately went to Harden yeah. versus Giannis for that. Uh, obviously, I see why you would have Giannis. Like you said, he's got the defensive players, he's got the multiple MVPs, he's got a championship. Uh, Harden does not have a championship. But that would be my debate especially if we kept it to 2010s. But if you're mm-hmm. saying from the 2013 season to the 2022 season. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you that's kind of always been my thing is you got to give the players with the ring a nod. Uh, and I guess uh-huh. where it would be Kawhi would be the games played. I see that's where your argument probably is for Harden. Um, so in any event, uh-huh. whoever, whoever, I think Harden would be 5B on it. But Harden's got the biggest argument over anybody for that last spot. Because um, like I said, if it was we're keeping it to the 2010s, my lineup would be Curry at the point, Harden at the two, Durant or Braun, three or four, and then uh, shit. Yeah. Or, you know, one of them at the five, and then Kawhi and whoever else is the swings. You know, those three small forwards right there. And go LeBron at the five with, obviously he played a little bit of five in that 2012-13 season against the Pacers, but... Uh, yeah, so I was going through. Um, LeBron played 722 games. Zidaf played 710. Giannis, 703. Kevin Durant, 598. Harden, 763. And Kawhi, 546. So Kawhi played the least amount of games. But when you went through, um, Harden had four All-NBA first teams. Uh, Giannis had four All-NBA first teams. Uh, KD had three. Steph had four. LeBron had seven. Um, obviously, you have LeBron had one MVP. Steph had two. Giannis had two. Uh, KD had one. Harden had one. Kawhi hasn't had any. So, like, the individual stats is kind of where Kawhi tails off a little bit. But he did. He does have those two defense. He does have those two defensive players of the year. Um, all of them, other than Harden, on Kawhi my list, weirdly enough, of all of them have an All-Star Game MVP. Kawhi has two uh-huh. defensive players of the year. Yes, he does. What years? I know he has one. Yeah, I, um, let me let me tell you real quick. Um, it was back. It was I think it was back to back. Um, yeah, it was 2014, 15, and 15, 16. Hmm. By the way, shouts to Pau Gasol, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's weird. Draymond only has one. Shouts to Pau Gasol on his jersey getting retired tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It Well-deserved. Well-deserved. But, uh, yeah, it's weird because Draymond only has one, and mentally I feel he has more. I would think Draymond has. But Kawhi has two, then it was Draymond. Then Ru- If you ask me, like, off the top of my head. Because Rudy Gobert has three. If you ask me off the top of my head, even though I think Kawhi's a better and Kawhi's like right there with Pippen as far as on-ball defenders. But if you just asked me off the top mm. of my head, I would have thought Draymond has two defensive player of the year and Kawhi had one. I thought they would have flipped. But, yeah. Like, if you think of the best defense, like, like, through that time, 
even like Kawhi was always like the best perimeter defender to me, but Draymond was like the best all around defender in the league for like that ha- like half a decade. Maybe like from 14, 15 ish to like the 2018, 19 season. Like I always felt like Draymond was the best defender in the league. Like him or Kawhi, you could argue. And then Giannis obviously crept in there, but just being coming stronger, more athletic. But yeah, so that was that was the interesting part for me. I was just thinking about that that Kawhi and James Harden was like the debate for me, but I ended up going with Kawhi. And then I ended up having Giannis over Kevin Durant. Even though Kevin Durant has the two rings and the two finals MVPs, Giannis does have one, but his he actually has more individuals accolades than Durant in that time frame with the more all-NBA teams during that. Uh, or he had six. KD had seven when you put it together, but he has more all-NBA first teams and obviously the defensive first teams, the defensive player of the year as well. So and that one was really hard between Giannis and Kevin Durant, and if someone switched that, I would not be mad at all. It's, and then LeBron and Steph, it was interesting to think about it just because obviously – the finals appearances, the rings, the MVP, like Steph is right there with them, but LeBron's just been so consistent that it's hard to, it's hard to uh, put Steph over LeBron. So it just had to be. One. I've said this before, the last 15, 12 to 15 years of the NBA are going to be very hard to quantify due to the player mm-hmm. movement. You know, it's going to be yeah. very hard to quantify certain players um you know just like people have with the argument against lebron's rings well like oh he had to go against kd and the warriors and this and that well you don't get kd and the warriors if lebron doesn't go to miami you know what i mean um you know players like jimmy butler bouncing from team to team to team it's hard to quantify it really is it really is Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie's been on five teams it's gonna be that is that's crazy to think that He's been on five teams. Yeah. Kawhi's been on three. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's hard to quantify. Kawhi's a little easier because when Kawhi's in there, he's a, they seem to be a contender, whatever team he goes to. If Kawhi's healthy, you're going to be a contender. Oh, absolutely. Kyrie, it's so hard because his, his game is as good as anybody's. Uh, I mean, it is and it isn't hard. It's not hard because he flames out in every organization he goes to. He finds his way to, you know, burn his bridges. So, yeah, no, he's not going to be a franchise player the way Dame and Steph are, it's, right? But it's, you're going to have players. It's the reason why you could almost go on to I'll, I'll say it after. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, you won't be able to compare them as far as their careers go just because of we know he flames out, whatever, whatever. But game to game, if you're just watching highlights, and especially, you know, those postseason highlights from when he was with the Cavs, you would say there's a very real argument between the three of those guys, you know, because their games are so similar. Steph, Dame, Kyrie. Um, and just the way, he, just the way, like like I've said, the way NBA fandom is now where people won't even, like, people can't just be like, okay, such and such lost in the playoffs. Like, there's got to be so much discourse around it and, oh, why can't such and such win MVP? You know what I mean? Like, people... You're going to somewhere down the line after Kyrie's career is over, Keenan, you're going to somehow find yourself in a conversation with someone who probably didn't even watch these games talking about, oh, you got to admit Kyrie should have won an MVP somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, these are the conversations you're going to find yourself with 
some semi-casual, semi-serious NBA fan just because that's what NBA fandom is now. Wait, you, that's a, you, Kyrie, that part cut out just a second for me. Uh, you said Kyrie should be an, an MVP? No, 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 no. I said, I said there's going to be some point. Oh. No, no, no. I said... <laughs> That's funny. Imagine imagine if we would have kept that and you would have just went with it and then oh. we had a completely different conversation. Oh. No, what I said was... Oh, man. What I said was five years from now, whenever Kyrie's out of the league, I said you someday will be talking with some semi-casual NBA fan who's going to convince themselves that Kyrie should have been an MVP at some point during his tenure, which... There's no way that's true, you know what I mean? But people are going to think that just because... No, absolutely. There's not even a year he... No, the only year he would have been even talked even. about would have been his his first year in Boston, but then he got injured like two months left in the season, you know? He got injured. Um, but... He got, he got injured. That's just um, such the discourse. Like, people are so pissed that Jokic uh, is on the verge of possibly winning his third MVP which we don't know if he is because it's an actual debate. Like Embiid and Giannis have real shots and chances. And by the way, like five weeks of games left to make their case. Mm-hmm. And people are already complaining about Jokic yeah. getting it. Perk even invoked fucking race into it. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, there's been a stat padding narrative around Jokic. Watch one fucking game of yeah. De- yeah I saw watch that. one fucking game of Jokic and you'll see that's not the case. You know what I mean? I know I semi-accused Doncic of it today, okay, so but it's not really stat padding with Doncic as much as he just wants. He wants to put up 35, which I fucking would too if I was in the NBA. Anybody would want to put up 35, you know, especially if you get the franchise yeah, like, handed to you. Like it's but, cool. Like uh, Jokic ain't I, even. I get like when you're you're gonna get a number sometime, mm-hmm. but like it's not stat. Like stat padding to me mentally means like. I'm only playing to go for these stats. Right. Like I am like, not the win. Obviously, not the win. These if, stats. Obviously, yeah. Uh, the Jokic has won like the last tw- like 26 and 0, or like his last 26 games when they want him when he gets a triple mm-hmm. double. It, they're unbeatable when he gets. They're a undefeated. Double. So when it's he not gets like it's double. like him getting. It's like when he gets it. Okay, they win. But um, uh, what? Okay, so what I was saying was though is. Yeah, I get it. Say, say Jokic has nine assists, and maybe a tenth assist would get him past and like tenth all time on triple doubles or whatever he is at right now. Yeah, he's gonna look for it. Like, like they know the stats at those points. Sometimes they don't, but like sometimes, like someone's in his ear, like, yeah, no, try to go for it. So, like, yeah, cool. He's gonna try to go get a milestone, but I wouldn't say he's gonna. He's not going to just completely ruin the flow of the game and just do things that he would never do to go get these stats. That's stat batting. That is, that's what that is. It's like you're going to com- play completely different from how you are just to get a statistic. couple counters. Jokic has never A couple counters that. to that. Um, to me, at least. The only reason I disagree with that, this doesn't even matter, but you said like if he had a milestone, he might go for it. The only reason I'm going to disagree with that mm-hmm. is because I saw a video... Excuse me. I saw a video today from, I believe, All-Star Break, where he was talking to people, some media outlet from his native country, right? Serbian, I believe. Yeah. And they asked him about being on the brink of possibly getting a third straight MVP. And he said, and he wasn't just saying this like on some media literacy shit. You could tell he was being earnest. He was like, I don't even care. He's like, I don't want it. He's like, I wish... 
they're like, you could be in the class with Larry Bird. And he's like, Larry Bird can keep it. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want any of that. Like he, and Michael Malone will come out and say like, this guy could care fucking less about stats. Um, there's that, but I Fair thought enough. this whole discourse was interesting because, and again, I didn't want to talk about all this, but I don't know if you saw this. Giannis was one rebound short of a triple double. Did the Ricky Davis threw it off his own basket to himself to get the tenth rebound, uh, and no one said shit about it. And I was very surprised Giannis did that. That's like up there with Jokic as far as the some of the last players I would expect to do that. You know what I mean? Giannis yeah. small players did it. Then the NBA yeah. rescinded it, which I was glad to see. They took the rebound away and said it was not an earnest shot attempt. So that was actually cool of them. But uh, good. Yeah. No, I just. Good. I think stat padding is. I have one response to that on the Jokic end, and then I want to say to Westbrook because Westbrook was someone who was actively accused of this. The only thing I'll say about Westbrook, I don't think he stat pads assists. I don't think he stat pads anything, really, especially now. But that year after Durant left, and really those three years, however long he was in OKC after Durant left, on free throws. Yeah. Adams would box out and everyone would box out and they'd let Westbrook get the rebounds. That's a fact. And you can look at Steven Adams' rebound numbers those years specifically in OKC after Durant left and compare him to now when he's in Memphis and you can see it. All right? He's playing like the same amount of minutes, maybe even less now. I mean, you can watch the games too and see it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the only time I've seen Westbrook stat pad was for the triple-double record. Whatever. Because I really do think outside of that, Westbrook does not give a fuck. Or maybe he cares, but like he cares about winning overall. Blah blah blah. Uh, mm-hmm. At a point here, I want to say with the Okage. I fucking left. I gotta stop smoking weed because I fucking <laughs> forgot. But I had what the fuck was it? Oh, that's exactly what it was. Jokic. He's one of the least athletic players in the NBA. Correct? Would you say that? Absolutely. You know how much energy it would take Absolutely. for him to stat pad if that was... You know what I mean? Like, Westbrook will keep it there because he's one of the most athletic players. Probably easier for Westbrook if he wanted to to stat pad than Jokic. Jokic cannot jump over a phone book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like he can just fucking sit there and, like, tap the ball off the backboard and get stats. You know what I mean? Like, he's just not... It's not like he's got, like, JaVale McGee's yeah. athletic, athleticism. It's just not him. You know what I mean? He just can't do it. You know what I mean? It would take him so much yeah. more energy to chase those stats than it would to win a game. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And I I don't think he stat pats. I I mean, he just plays the game the right way. So it would, I, Saying that about Jokic would be like, you might him. as well say the same thing about Tim Duncan, too. You know what I mean? Like, Tim Duncan stat padded, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so far out of... Mm-hmm. How they play, like you can literally just watch them play, and you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I I was kept going in my head that I had a point that I wanted to get back to with something we were talking about. Couldn't remember, just did. So you, um, happened to you. So too. you were talking about Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah, happened to me too. Uh, mine is not. Uh, mine is not cannabis related. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways. Um, so, with Kyrie, obviously, go back six years in your head. Kyrie hits a shot over Steph. They win the finals. There's a conversation to be had for people. Like, would you rather have Kyrie or Steph? 
Like, I mean, obviously, there are people who mostly would say Steph, but that was at l- at the media, Kyle. I don't like, even remember. Whenever I'm saying I don't even remember things, that in the media. It's because I don't even remember that in the media, honestly. I, I, I remember people. I've honestly, it was because I've honestly, any people would say were saying at that time it's because Steph missed the big shots in that game and Kyrie was making him. It was more so like I understand what Steph is and how he is, but then like Kyrie is a more clutch player, and obviously being a more clutch player means you're a better player in today's society of media. I'm not saying that it's completely true or I'm agreeing with that. I'm just saying that was kind of anyway. Steph, he, Kyrie was in that conversation ish of around Steph. I, at least we all agree with that, right? I guess I, guess I think the like only the like only conversations in, I've had about Kyrie in relations to Steph or Dame in relations to Steph, I feel like it's always been brought up like in around people we're talking like basketball conversations with you know our friends or something like that. I don't particularly. I just personally don't recall yeah. it in the media. But go ahead anyway. I I re- I do, but even but even so. Kyrie has the talent to be mentioned with Steph, correct? Absolutely. Like we're like he has the talent to be mentioned with Dame and Steph as we were talking about earlier. Like it's like with Kyrie, it always upsets me because like his off the court problems and his sometimes lack of commitment to a team as you well know in Boston and like how he flames out puts him in like I have a question for you. Like because of those things, would you rather have Drew Holiday or Kyrie? I mean, come on, you got, it has to be Drew Holiday. But that's the thing with Kyrie. You just mentioned the talent. His talent is the reason why. Absolutely. His talent is the reason why. Like he, he had five or six teams still offering him, uh, you know, tra- uh, trade offers in this past trade deadline. And we'd heard over the summer when he first mm-hmm. requested a trade or whatever happened there that it was literally only the Lakers who would be willing to take him on. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's a theory as old as time when it comes to sports. you got a talented player, no matter if he's a head case, no matter if he's got injury issues, no matter what, teams are going to be willing to take a chance, you know? Any team's going to be able to talk themselves. Josh Gordon got, like, eight chances. Antonio Brown got, like, eight chances. Exactly. Like, they were so good that people were going to consistently give them chances to be successful because of how they could produce for that roster, regardless of the issues. Josh Gordon, a completely different issue than AJ, uh, than, AJ than uh, Antonio Brown, but yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, having lived through the Kyrie experience, uh, yeah, I'd probably rather have drew holiday on my team. Uh, was I willing to take Absolutely that Kyrie agree. risk at that moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that mm-hmm. first season, there was no indication that it would end the way it did. Before the next season, he was saying how he was gonna no, resign with Boston to the uh, to the season ticket holders. Around the All Star break, shit went all the way left with Kyrie, and he started displaying behavior that he's displayed in Brooklyn. And you know, we'll see how long it lasts in Dallas. You know, like we'll just see. Uh, yeah. And look, that's part of the reason. I mean, I was obviously. I mean, we've got recordings That's of this. Crazy to me, though. What's up? What you said? So I was just saying that's great. Like Kyrie, you would rather like, and I, me agree. I would much rather have Drew Holiday than Kyrie Irving. 
because of the consistency of Drew Holiday. Obviously, he's a great player. He can score. He can pass. He can play defense. Maybe the best defensive guard in the league. But like Kyrie, like the but the talent of Kyrie is one that you would mention with Steph. You would mention with Jaw. You would mention with Dame, which are your three best point guards in the league. But you would rather have probably the sixth best point guard in the league, roughly five or six, in Drew Holiday over Kyrie because of all that stuff. That's just that that's kinda crazy to me. I don't I just I don't It isn't it is I don't know. I always feel like when you Holiday's a it is Holiday's it a isn't, tough comparison because I think he's supremely underrated. Like I think Holiday's playing at as high of a level as a lot of guys right now. Uh, like Jalen Brunson's getting a lot of oh he he is under Jalen Brunson's getting a lot of attention for the level he's playing at right now. I think Holiday's playing at that level all around. You know what I mean? Not just in the scoring department with his playmaking, he has with been. his defense. He has been. I think I think Holiday's quietly. You know, you mentioned your top twenty list. I think Holiday's in there. I think he has to be in there. You know what I mean? I think that's the level Holiday's at right now. Listen, and I'm. And I'm fine, and I'm even fine with you saying that. I he was he was one of the the couple that with Paul George I was <coughs> jostling with. Like Paul George, I think James Harden's too good of a passer and playmaker that he has to be in it. But like Paul George, if you want to take him out and you put Drew Holiday in there, no argument for me at all. Yeah. Absolutely no argument for me at all. And maybe tomorrow I would feel the same way um, as you do. Like I don't think I, think, it's I don't think Paul George should have been an All Star. At that point in time, you look at it right now. No. Yeah, he looks like an all star. But no. three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, no. I don't think he should have been selected. Uh, and I didn't think Harden should have been selected at that time. Now you look at it three weeks from now, Harden looks like he should have been a shoe in all star. Uh, but no, Holiday, I looks think like he could have almost been a star. I think Holiday, <laughs> yeah, right? For real. I think Holiday's playing in the uh, top 20, 22 players in the league. Top 18, really. I would put Holiday right now. Just off the top of my head, not even thinking. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, in, re- in relation to Kyrie, man, like, he's just, what he does is so God-given. Like, you can't even, like, some moves he does, you don't even know how the fuck he did it. You know what I mean? That's why I want, at one point in time, I compared him to MJ on here. I said he's MJ without the athleticism because, you know, not to get in a whole other conversation, but that's what a lot of the shit is when people are talking about MJ. It's not even the numbers and the championships. This is how fucking beautiful Michael Jordan's game was. Like, how his body control, his, you know, everything about it. His game was just insane, you know? Um, and that's that's what it is with Kyrie. When you compare mm-hmm. him to Dame and Steph, uh, like, he did this one move. You've seen it a million times. He was a play, It was when he was on the Celtics. He was playing against the Bucks. He did a spin move at the top of the key, and like he did it as a player yeah. was converging on him, and he did it like with such perfect timing. Seemingly, it didn't look like he saw the guy coming, and it's like, how did he know how to do that spin move at that exact moment? You know what I mean? Like that's the type of shit with Kyrie. It's he's poet. He's legitimately the definition poetry, of poetry. Emotion. Emotion. Yeah, he is. Like that, that's he exactly is. that's what Kyrie is. I mean. I think before before we started talking about holiday, I think I was gonna say there's, I think we started this podcast around the time Kyrie flamed out in Boston, like that that series against Milwaukee. So that would have been 2019. That's crazy to think we started this that long ago. And yeah, we we yeah. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. So yeah. naturally, I very much disliked Kyrie leaving Boston. How he 
left what could have been in a championship situation in Boston. I feel like we very much could have competed with Golden State, and we matched up well with Golden State, even with Durant. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the off-court stuff with Kyrie. It's almost endeared me to him once again, just for how true he stayed to himself, how he's not afraid to speak his mind, how he's not afraid to not really conform. That's almost endeared me more to Kyrie. Like, I'm back on, like, I don't even hate Kyrie anymore. You know what I mean? I'm, like, back on the bandwagon. Um, He is, whenever he... I hear, see, I get these little Keenan whispers. So I not, now I need to hear what you said under your breath. But I'll continue this. I'll continue this first and just say. I'm sorry. I just said he upsets me so much. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. He is. So much. That was it. That was he it. He is frustrating. But uh, whenever it is he retires, five years from now, eight years from now, who knows what it is. He's going to be such an interesting case study to look back on just because of his career his stops, where he went, who he played with, his talent level, what he can do with the ball, compared to what his... Pistol Pete. Right, Pistol Pete, compared to what his actual accolades will be, because he should have more All-NBAs. He really should. And, uh, you know, when their career is all said and done, if we want to loop those three together, Steph, Dame, and Kyrie, Dame's going to have more All-NBAs than Kyrie, I would imagine, uh, especially... Second, Dame's going to be a better player all time than Kyrie, but depending, in my opinion. But, um, I mean, yes and no. I think Dame will probably end his Kyrie's always going to have that ring, is the thing. And we'll that's to be determined. No, you're right. He will always have that ring, and he'll always and he'll always have a in, I mean, obviously, until there's more shots, but as of right now, he has a top five shot in NBA history. Mm -hmm. Like, memorable shot. Like, obviously, you think of Ray Allen's shot in the corner, you think of uh, Mike over Craig Elo, you think of or Mike Byron Russell more so because that was the finals. You think of Kyrie over Steph. You think like those are some of the shots that you think about when you think of the NBA finals or the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, two Dame, sh- I mean, Dame has them too. So Dame is in that conversation because he has them too. But so he's always going to have that moment of having one of the best plays technically and one of the best plays in NBA finals mm-hmm. history. And being a part of one of the better series in NBA Finals history too, but uh, like, so he's he's just such an interesting guy, and he just upsets me. But uh, because you had mentioned it, just wanted to give a date to it. April tenth, twenty nineteen, was the first podcast ever. That was the YouTube podcast. Then we went through. We had a little drop, and and then March of t- March twelfth, twenty twenty, um, the COVID COVID happened, and that was our first one that we went on a. On streaming services. Oh, DSPs. Our first one was named 2020-20 because, obviously, rest in peace to Nipsey, but Westbrook had the 2020 game. That was our first episode? That was the first one we ever did. That was the first one we ever did, that one in Tragic Johnson. I remember that. Looking at I it now. That. We dropped both of those on April 10th. I we had a couple and Nipsey one. Nope, that was the first one we ever had ever. Oh, shit. Crazy to think, but it's April tenth, twenty nineteen was the first ever podcast from the Warner Brothers, and then now we're here. You said April nineteenth, so that's like six weeks away. I can't believe it's been that April tenth, twenty nineteen. So I can't believe it's been that long since Nipsey passed. That's crazy. Nipsey left. I know. 
I know almost four years. How many rappers Man, we've lost since crazy. then is crazy. To the same shit. That's a whole nother conversation. That is a whole that um that's a book. Wow, there. that's wild. But <laughs> oh, what yeah. else? What else what other NBA questions you got for me? I know you got more. Uh that one that was honestly a lot of what I had. I mean, obviously going into who do you have? I mean, finals wise, we really talked about the landscape of the West already. The East is less interesting because you really have like the three headed like the three headed monster in Philly, Boston, and the Milwaukee, not in that order. And then you have Cleveland lurking, and then you can't just like sleep on the Knicks or the Heat because they can make a tough series. The West is what's interesting because there's six teams that can make the finals, and you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I get it. Like, that could happen. And then, like, you throw in the Lakers there, too, if they manage to pull it all together, which I don't think they will. But, like, for some reason, if LeBron comes back and it's AD LeBron together. But other than that, I really didn't have – those questions were pretty much all I had, unless you have anything at all. You know what? I'll save – I'm not sure when we're coming back. But I'm gonna save. Neither am I. I'm gonna save some soon. Celtics talk for Wait. next time, and I'm hoping we can get John okay. Williams to feature because I know John's got a lot of shit to say Ooh. about the Celtics. Uh, but I, okay. you know, since I'm touching on it right now, I'll just say it. Uh, I would have Philly and Milwaukee ahead of Boston at this moment. Just like I was saying with the players earlier, at this moment today, March seventh, twenty twenty three. I think Milwaukee and Philly are better teams than Boston today. Boston is trending down to me. Um, Boston's coach, who's a rookie coach, Ooh. is looking very much like a rookie coach at this point in time. Uh, mm-hmm. They are just having issues and losses that they should not have at this point in time of the season. This was January. I wouldn't say shit. This was November. I wouldn't say shit. It's March. Playoffs are... Like I said, in about five weeks, and the Celtics just do not play with the uh, the fire and the intellect that I'm looking for right now. And as far as the coach goes, okay. As far as the coach goes, I'm not sure he knows his best eight right now or his rotations exactly. Um, yeah, there's much to be desired from the coach. And the East, like you said, the East is weird, but. The Cavs is no joke. The Knicks are no joke. And nobody wants to see the Heat in the first round right now. The Heat, and I'll throw the Knicks in there too. I already said the Knicks, but like the Knicks are in that Heat class where that's the last type of team you want to see. Uh, You know, the Celtics have had. It's just a tough series. They're going to get a game or two, maybe three, depending on how the series goes. But they're going to get a few games, and they're going to just make it completely tough They're on dogs. You. and that's the that's the thing that sucks like Brunson is a you want to go through Brunson's a true postseason guy Randall can get Randall can get his points and they're so well coached defensively uh and they're just a smart team they're not a dumb team and that's regard they've got some vets they, but they they've got a lot of youth and they play very smart their lefty trio the lefty trio the lefty tough. trio is tough no, they're I, they're incredibly impressive. Josh Hart is such a perfect fit for them. Um, look, Boston's got so much talent. They're literally a su- 
They're a superstar away from being perfect. Hey, uh, to me, I don't want to like, be. I don't want to be too early here, but next year, next year they could be contender status. The Knicks, uh, and it's weird that we're here, but <laughs> it's wait, wait, it's wait. Fun. With as presently constructed, there is. You can just tell what direction they're headed. An eight, nine-game win streak is no joke at any point in the NBA. Um, their front office has done a great job, and they're just trending in that direction. If they're a five-seed this year, shit, they can get to a four-seed. They're not that far behind the Cavs. Naturally, you're going to improve. They're young enough. Uh, they will have roster moves to make. I'm not sure what their cap situation is, but they'll be able to make trades. They didn't make the move for Donovan Mitchell in hopes to get the next guy. Look, someone's going to want to play in New York and someone's going to be, someone's going to want to play in New York that's trending upward. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's hilarious that KD and Kyrie, we mentioned Kyrie, they were in Brooklyn the last four years, you know, on a contender. Like it, it went left every one of those years for whatever reason, health or otherwise. But they yeah. never claimed the city the way the Knicks did. And as soon as they leave, the Knicks go on this eight-game win streak. And they're the kings of the city still. And they never really left, even though Brooklyn had KD and Kyrie. So it's hilarious to me. And they're the Knicks. I mean, the net, the Nets won one playoff series in four seasons of having Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the roster. Like, it like. We're going to look back on that stretch of time and think that was one of the biggest failed experiments that we've seen. Oh, without like a doubt. We really are going to look. Cause like, what? I said without a doubt. We already without, we already do. Yeah, like it's just. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just but saying. Like, yeah, like, at more, in 10 years, as it's going to look crazy Because obviously we're in the. Because yeah, right, right now we're thinking, even though it failed, we're thinking, okay, so Harden's on the Sixers and they're balling out. They could go win a title this year. We got Phoenix right now who's probably looking. They like the Nuggets. I think we should be the favorite just because of the camaraderie. But talent wise, the Sixers are the are the um, the Suns are the favorite. And then you have Dallas. The with Suns are Luka wait wait wait. Kyrie. The, su- That's a the very Suns are the betting team. favorite in the West right now. No, I said the Nuggets are the favorites, but I said talent-wise, you could look at the Suns as being the oh, favorites. Oh, got you, my fault. But I think the Nuggets are the favorites. Probably. Yeah, no, yo, I think the Nuggets are the favorites, but I'm saying talent-wise, when you look, you're like, okay, so that's KD, that's De- that's Devin Booker, that's Chris Paul, that's DeAndre Ayton, and you look, you're like, okay, if they can put it together in this short of time, that's the reason why you wouldn't have it. They'd be more a next-year team of being the favorite if they can keep everything together at a role player or two. I'll say this about but, Phoenix real um, quick. Real quick about Phoenix, they look yeah, you're good. they look pretty damn scary. Like they look pretty scary. I'm not sure how that's gonna they look do. over a seven game series, especially defensively. But Booker and KD, it's they, the thing, these players have played together before. True. I mean, but adding KD with like 15 they, games they, left they, in the season is no easy feat, and he oh, it's absolutely tough. But I'm like. He, like if you're gonna add any player in the league to any situation, he's probably top two to three for what player as like a superstar. He's pretty that adaptable. would just fit. He's pretty adaptable because you don't need you can. He is just so adaptable. You don't really you don't need to be like okay. So now we got to change how the ball completely goes. It's like all right, 
he's fine not touching it for a, a few possessions and give it to him. Devin Booker's not going to miss shots. It's really, it's going to be up to Chris Paul to not take too much of a backseat um, scoring-wise because I think they're going to need his scoring, but obviously more of his playmaking than anything. But I think scoring-wise, they're going to need him to pick and choose his spots, and I hope he just doesn't take too much of a backseat to Durant and uh, Devin Booker, but he's such a smart point guard that he'll be able to figure that out and get it done. So that's really the only, and then obviously making sure that Aiton is involved enough to where he plays consistent defense because that could be, well, obviously as a big, you always hear, if you don't get the ball enough on offense, I'm not going to work on defense for it. So, and Aiton feels like a guy who can kind of come and go a little bit. Got so it, that's really what it's going to come down to for the Suns. But it's going to be real interesting. I'm really excited. I'm hoping for them and the Warriors in the first round. or them. Actually, I'm really hoping for them and the Mavericks in the first round because I think that offensive showcase would be phenomenal. I would definitely enjoy Phoenix Mavericks first round, especially after this past Sunday's game. Uh, gun to your head right now, who wins the championship? Probably Milwaukee. Huh? Probably Milwaukee. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Gun to my head, I'd pick the Bucks right now. Probably. All right, who's there? Gun to your head. Who's like again? We were gun just... to your head. Who's the Western Conference participant? Bucks versus who? Gun to your head. Phoenix, probably gun to my head. Gun to my head. I'd probably take Denver right now, but. I'm more optimistic about Phoenix than I was. Phoenix, Denver, Golden State. In that order. That's my three. Phoenix, Denver, Golden State in that order. That's probably my three in some order. Probably Denver. I need to see Golden State for like two and a half weeks, you know? Like they lost. Yeah, I need to see them with Wiggins back too. They haven't had their full roster in forever, so... They lose tonight to OKC, but like so you said, I just without need to wins. see them full roster. And GP, we need to see GP back too. Um, yeah, I was gonna say once they, because then they'll have a legitimate eight to nine that they'll play, because that they'll be able to actually go, because Kaminga has definitely earned himself like legitimate minutes. He's been playing well, and then they also have like their Andre Gudala has been playing a little bit, so <laughs> he's good to just throw in for five minutes of just being smart. That's how bad it is like for he, Kerr. Kerr like, put him in in crunch time against also, LA the other day, just because he needed somebody who knows something. You know what I mean? Uh, the one thing I want to say is that, and this can be this is gonna be my last point. One thing I want to say. I think Iggy still might have the best hands in the league. Like for some reason, like whenever hands. like a big is going up or like like just quick hands, like I don't, I've never seen like watching like game for game. Not that there has never been a player like that, but game for game watching, I've never seen a guy who has better hands. Like he, he does just get a lot of strips. To always strip the ball from big. <laughs> Like, just always seems like if a big's going down, like like a spin move, he'll just strip it. Or, like, quick hands here, quick hands there. Like, he just seems to always have his hands in perfect position without fouling. I've n- I, I just have, don't remember seeing anything as consistent there's like definitely an throughout arch, my time. There's definitely an arch stripping basketball. because – sorry to cut you off, my fault. But there's an arch <laughs> stripping because <laughs> – An arch stripping. No, for real. There's an arch stripping the ball from <laughs> – an opposing player because it's either that or like a hard foul. You know what I mean? Because 
whenever you're stripping at the ball, you're yeah. not you're not doing it ever softly. You know what I mean? You're 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 hacking at the ball with a player on its way up. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a risk between a hard foul or a clean strip. So yeah, there's definitely an art to it. Uh, it, one last question for you. You do so you that's something that you actually do in your basketball game well, like your personal basketball game. That's something you do. I have been complimented on well, my quick hands, on and I meant I meant to ask someone. I got to ask D Roy. I want to ask D Roy. Actually, was thinking about this the other day. How quick are they exactly when it comes? Or I'll ask you, how quick are they compared to other players defensively? Are they that quick? There's a reason why I'm asking this. I'm um, not going to disclose they are. that reason yet, but Okay. Um they are. So when you're locked in and focused, you are probably one of the more annoying defenders I go against just because your hands are quick. Like I have like I have size on you so I'm able to like put my body in between the ball, but there's a lot of times on like a quick drive by that you'll just get your hand in there enough to just annoy me to where I like, I kind of lose the ball and our something happens to where I'm like a little bit off of rhythm. So your hands are very cool. How much, how much quicker quick are they? Probably some of the, how much quicker are they than your average? Did not expect to have a conversation about how quick pretty, these hands are, but I didn't. <laughs> throw a, throw a jab real quick um, pretty camera. quick honestly it um so if your average hands i'm just gonna put out a 75 you would be like an 85 87 ish so like very like obviously if your average is like a c you'd be like at that b plus level to where your hands are very quick if that makes sense there's a reason why i'm so asking like much but... quicker than the average because oh, okay am i gonna know now or am i gonna know later Another time. That's nothing. Nothing. Okay. It was more just a general question, but it does relate to other other shit too. Um, I do have one more okay. question for you though. But yeah, no, your hands are very. Yeah, what's up? So we saw the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson today at thirty-two and a half million dollars. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to sign mm-hmm. with the Giants for forty. Uh, we did think if they were going to tag... Is that, really, is that officially a thing? Yeah, they're going to tag Saquon, and Daniel Jones has got a $160 million four-year deal. Um, I personally would have tagged Jones and tried to work out something. What are you, a Giants fan now? I don't like that. I don't like that. No, I don't like that deal at all for the Giants. Yeah, it's a pretty questionable deal. <laughs> I would have went... I'm just a, I'm I would have gave Daniel Jones like a two-year deal. 40 mil for a deal? I would have gave... I might have given the 40 mil, but like a two-year deal with like, you know, the third... I would have tried to give that Kirk Cousins deal. I don't know, 40 million is like a lot. His, to a, Kirk Cousins had that like two-year extension. He had that two-year extension with like 28 to 30 million guaranteed both years, like on a two-year extension. I would have tried to give him a deal around that, but 40 mil. I'm not a Giants fan, but... Uh, well, let me ask you this, all right? So, one for me. So Lamar gets the 32.5, which means teams have the ability to come and match. Um... The Jets have talked to Rodgers today, I believe, or in the process of talking to him. Yeah, they're they're in the process. Um, yep. Teams that were thought to be in the Lamar Jackson market, like the Falcons, they're mm-hmm. out. Falcons have openly said they are out on Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Dolphins said they're out on Lamar Jackson. Yep. 
pretty much every team, the Raiders might not be out, but most teams that we thought would be in on Lamar Jackson are, in fact, out. So, I mean, I thought it was ridiculous anyway yeah. that Lamar would ever get a fully guaranteed contract because you just don't see that for any football player, mm. really. Um, so, and the Deshaun contract's such an outlier. Like, that's such a, the Browns have been such a joke of a franchise and they, you know, proved how desperate they were that they were willing to throw <sighs> all that money as someone who'd been out of football for two years. Yeah. And, you know. But Absolutely. Lamar's basing his market off that Deshaun contract. They tag him at 32 and a half. Teams are going to be able to come and match it. And instead of even hearing rumors about where he might go within the first eight hours, what we're getting is all these teams saying, nah, we're good. So this almost looks like a genius move because you almost, by the Ravens, because you get to see, you know, some team is going to come in and make an offer, but let's say it's 42 million. That's going to set the market. You know what I mean? If it's forty-two million, yeah, the, the exclusive tag was going to be forty-five. If someone goes in there at forty-two, the Ravens are going to match that. You would think. You know what I mean? So, in yeah. a way, this might work out for Baltimore. But my question to you would be: Given that information, where do you uh, gun to your head? Where's Lamar going? Again, this is without very little information, and you know, a lot to still develop here. But gun to your head: Where's Lamar going? So Atlanta said they were out on him. Uh, what other teams? Just at, just out of FYI, because I did not see this yet. So uh, what, do you know what other teams to off the top of your head? Like the main, I'll say this. Now the one that's picking up right now is that he could go to the Lions would be the, the main one. Uh, but the the Falcons and Dolphins. That, see, because that, that was the. Are out. Falcons and Dolphins. Okay. But there was a list of like five. Because the Lions to me. I said this when you and Timmy were talking about this. Timmy. I said the Seattle Seahawks and the Lions make the most <laughs> Timothy make the most sense for Lamar. They've got the draft and picks Gino just to got trade signed the other day that the Ravens would definitely trade for. So yeah, so that one, so Gino makes sense because obviously he had a great season with Jared Goff there. Obviously he played really well last season as well, but I. I think Detroit makes a lot of sense. Either Detroit, I would say my top three would be Detroit one. So if a gun to my head, I'd put Detroit. Two, I'd probably put Baltimore, and then three, I would put Carolina. Carolina is one of the teams that are out. I'm. Oh, what? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so never mind. Forget the Carolina thing. That would make sense. I would love him to come to New England, but that's a whole other thing. I wanted them to draft him. I was upset when they didn't at when they trade down and they go and get Sony Michelle. But uh anyways, yeah, I think the Lions just make too much sense. He goes they got as I said, they got the draft capital there, but they still will have draft capital to help that defense. Their offensive line's one of the best in football. They already have a great they have a really good back in DeAndre Swift. I think Jamal Williams is gonna be let go to free agency. I don't know if they're gonna re sign him or not. You have a Ross St. Brown there as well. You have uh, Jamison Williams as well, who was injured, but he was from Alabama. From Alabama, he was he's amazing. At least it was in college, so we'll see what he is in the NFL. He's got everything he'll need offensively, and then all they need now they have the franchise quarterback. They build the defense up, and they should be good for years. Aaron Rodgers is gonna probably be out of the division. 
The Vikings are the Vikings. The Bears are interesting-ish because Justin Fields was interesting this year, but at the same time, you go into the you go into next year with the best quarterback in the division. You go in with probably the best offense to be them or Minnesota, depending on how you feel. Probably Minnesota talent-wise, but again, you have Lamar. And that division should be up for grabs for sure. So I think the Lions make the most sense, and if I'm the Lions, I would do it. Yeah, the teams that are out on him are the Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, Commanders, Raiders. Uh, I would imagine the Jets would be in on the sweepstakes if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, which would be scary. Yeah. Um. So, you know, in turn, if the— Roger, Rodgers to the Jets, he's just being far. Yeah, right, the, and then he's going to go to the, the Bears or the Vikings the following year or some shit like that. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of Rodgers either because he literally, I mean, you just mentioned Favre. He's literally playing out like Favre. You could tell me any scenario of Rodgers, him coming back to the Packers, him going to the Jets, him retiring, I believe, any one of the three. Um, Lamar yeah. Jackson, I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. I still think he goes back to Baltimore, which I've been saying. Uh, I thought that was in jeopardy today when you the news first dropped. Here. They put the 32.5 on him. But since all these teams have come out now, up to five teams saying they are not interested in Lamar Jackson, uh, now it does seem like the market would be Baltimore, Detroit. And Detroit really hasn't said whether they are or not interested, but you would think that they would be. And possibly the Jets. And... If the Jets aren't in that mix, like you said, I would love for New England to be in that mix. I doubt they would be. Uh, and that's completely okay. You would have to change a <sighs> lot around. The draft kit. We, we, but, man, he's worth the two first-round picks and whatever else it is to give up for him. I would love Lamar Jackson. Uh, Belichick yeah. seems to love Lamar Jackson. So uh, I would say just go for it. But it really does seem like the market. And, again, this is just eight hours of, uh, of news here. But it really does seem like the market might be, you know, single-digit teams. Less than five teams bidding against the yeah. Ravens. So we'll see. We shall see. We will. We shall. All righty. Well, uh, did you have any more that you wanted to add? Any other questions that you got? I'm going to save NFL shit for when we have Tim on here. I got more NBA stuff for whenever we have John on. Uh, we'll be talking NBA at least every week. I do want to shout out Don Tolliver for his album, Love Sick. That's an incredible album. Probably the best straight album I've heard. I mean, I've said I listen to Coke Boys 6 here quite a bit at the top of the year. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a mixtape, though. So that's my most listened to project. But I think uh, throughout this first quarter so far, Love Sick by Don Tolliver is uh, the best album I've heard top to bottom. Now, what I hate about it is okay. that album dropped Friday before last, right? That following yep. Monday, he comes out with the deluxe with four new songs. So there was three days in between his deluxe album dropping, and all he did was add four songs. Why not just make that the final product? You know, why... Not just release all that on Friday. Uh, so I continue to hate the deluxe. The point of a deluxe, the point of a deluxe is supposed to be to 
one rekindled the flame for the album and then to add new tracks while doing yeah. so. Yeah, and it's supposed to like, be like I months later. Like you're supposed to have a deluxe. It's supposed to be like months later, and it's yeah. supposed to like shock your fans. Like, what, like, oh shit, new music. Instead, there's more. Yeah, right, exactly. Instead, you everybody yeah, gets you, a deluxe are, now. So I hate it. Yeah, like like when like I mean it wasn't a deluxe, but when Kendrick dropped Untitled Unmastered after performing Stretch Over, I, I think it was like Untitled Seven. Yeah. Or untitled uh, seven or eight um, at one of the award shows, but when he dropped that, it was like, oh, you had other stuff that was um, phenomenal that didn't make the album. Oh, okay, that's great. Like, and it came out of nowhere, and you're like, oh wow, this is actually a really good project that's untitled, unmastered, and it's almost it's better than a lot of other projects that were. Like, it just shows how great Kendrick is. One, but you get a deluxe kind of thing. From to Pimper Butterfly, great. But now it's just like, okay, I'm gonna drop these tracks and I'm gonna drop a deluxe three days later. What's the as you said? What's the purpose? Like, what are we doing? Three <laughs> days later is unnecessary. The project with the four. I could see if it was. Yeah, I was just say you can't even you don't let the thing breathe for seventy two hours and then you're like you know what let's give these people four more songs that I could have added on the that I could have just added on the project itself. And the worst the worst part know. about it is. It happens so much where people do it like a whole week later. You know what I mean? From like Friday to Friday. Um, clearly, it's not yeah. the artist's decision. It's like the labels or whoever. So I can't fault Don for that. Mm-hmm. But literally, especially the fact that it was a 16-track album that became a 20-track album, just release all 20 and just save us. Like, oh, now I got to go back and download these next yeah. four songs. Like, it's just taking taking time out of my day. Yeah, it makes Messing no up sense. my playlist and shit like that. But it's just a gripe as a music listener. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal album. I suggest everyone go listen to Love Sick by Don Tolliver. Blase Blah. We're going to get a lot of great music this year. I cannot wait. We've already gotten a lot of great music throughout this first quarter. Crazy to think that we're three quarters through this first quarter. That's a lot of quarters right there. But, yeah, no, crazy to think that we're in March already. Make a dollar. Could make a dollar. Could make a dollar. But... Yeah, no, I got plenty of uh, football, basketball that I want to talk next week. Maybe we can get more music conversations in as we go. Um, but Keenan, yep. great talking to you. Absolutely. We're past. We're on a. We're of on course. the next day from when we started. We are officially on a March eighth right now as we're recording. So, I'm gonna get out of here. Go watch yep. this. Uh, maybe the second half of this Lakers Grizzlies game. Um, and yeah, I'll be talking to you. So great talking to you. I'll. When do you? We'll talk. We'll talk off air. We'll talk off air. I got a. I got a few questions for you. But go like, subscribe, follow Warner Brothers podcast, YouTube, Instagram, whatever else y'all want to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. I don't even know. I can't even keep up at this point. You guys have a good night. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. We're out of here. Peace.